The vis-a-vis -vis society is for the poetic analysis of the everyday. We write surveys, mostly. That's our main method. And then give those surveys to audiences through various means. And then we try to gather the results and tabulate them, graph them, dance them, and sing them. You're listening to the 2007 Jack Straw Writers Program. On this edition of the podcast, you'll hear program curator Matt Briggs interview the Visa V Society. So your surveys, are they improving a lot of your audiences then? I think our surveys help just make us aware of, of little everyday things and in that way make you better at it when you're thinking about the lamp in this new way. Like you've, you maybe have never taken a multiple choice survey about a lamp before. But once you do, like you'll never look at a lamp in the same way. So in that way, I think we're improving our daily interactions with, with the mundane. In addition to the, the sort of raised awareness individually, it also can be really lonely to be experiencing things where you feel like you're the only person. So we're hoping through our collaborative efforts where you see what you would answer is already a given choice or when you resonate with something that someone else would resonate with that too creates this sort of collective experience that there's this wide range of ways that you could be a human being and they're they're all on the graph. Now you'll hear the Visa V Society reading their work at a live performance at Jack Straw Productions with an introduction by Matt Briggs. Reality can be measured and controlled. This is the principle followed by Rachel Kessler and Sierra Nelson, known as the Visavi -vis Society. While working with the City of Seattle Planning Commission in a year that felt like 1957, the Visavi -vis Society began to use direct observation to describe behavior in urban settings. As young research assistants wielding still cameras, movie cameras, notebooks, and the latest in data collection forms, the Visavi -vis Society described and measured the substance of urban public life such as jaywalking and schmoozing patterns. <laughs> These observations were developed and published as Who Are We? and also as We Are You, a statistical musical. And tonight, they will present some of their findings. Hi, I'm Sierra Nelson. And I'm Rachel Kessler. And we're the Visa V Society. Um, named after the overhead projector markers. <laughs> yeah, so usually we have an overhead projector and a lot of equipment. Uh, we've been doing a lot of surveys of, of audiences and taking those findings, tabulating our findings, um, making them into statistics. So tonight we're just going to be presenting some of our findings and doing a few surveys out loud. Um, should we just begin? Yeah, let's, okay. let's start off with a survey about what hello is. Okay. So, and you'll want to remember what your, what your answer is for this. Hello is... A, bass felt in bottom. B, dancing the polka. C, swallowed cherry pit. Or D, first dive of summer. So okay, so think about think which about one you want, A, B, C, or D. Um, and then we have individualized answers. Yeah. 
Yes. For each of those in response. So science happening right here. Right here. <laughs> so um, if you selected A, base felt and bottom, this, this is for you. You are sometimes like a Czech woman who break dances and rolls on a patch of wet moss, leaving wet, dirty smudges on her knees and bottom. She wears unbearably white pants. When you are in a mossy way, no one can see under your sweater, only sense you softly, and you always know which way north is. Can you hear the moss squish softly and sigh under a dancer's thighs? You can smell the dirt under her fingernails and tell how many potatoes her ancestors' hands harvested. Come here and lie down. The moss is silty, soft, and warm from the midday sun. Feel yourself sinking deeper and deeper, damp, warm, green. Breathe in the green, breathe out the green. You are growing cushiony, spongy to the touch. Feel the day tumble down upon you as if from a giant hammock in the sky. Open your mouth and cup your hands. Drink the cold stream water. When you swallow a pine needle, you will become full and pregnant. The baby has a beak like a raven. This curious child springs from your chest and asks to touch everything it sees. Roll up something you've been hiding and then hand it to the child. Watch him fly away with the glowing ball in his beak. That is the sun that lights up the whole sky. If you answered B, dancing the polka, this has been correlated for you. You are dirty. <laughs> but that is what I like about you. You can be folded up and shaken out, paired up neatly, or hung out to dry. Having added too much detergent, now the basement is flooded and sudsy. Not enough closet space when you are all clean anyway. Why don't you smell like stiff sunshine and afternoon clotheslines anymore? Even when ignored, you still hang around, lurk in bedroom corners. When you make up, you love tumbling all over, laughing or napping. Sometimes you don't even make it to the dresser. Do you experience mismatched socks and sudden rage? Find yourself on the floor, the coiled snake of domestic resentment. Remember the warmth of the dryer. Remember the flame-resistant pajamas and static electricity and pilling. <laughs> Compose a eulogy for fine wool sweaters accidentally, irretrievably, and regrettably shrunk. If you answered C, swallowed cherry pit, this is for you. If you were smoking right now, you wouldn't be eating cookies alone in bed. <laughs> so you found someone to teach you, someone with articulate hands and a sensitive mouth, someone who found it charming that you didn't know how to smoke already. You fell in love with Paris and that girl leaning out her window looking out into the nothing of the city street. You practice being alone in alleys, sitting at a typewriter, or in the bathtub staring at your toes. These skills will allow you to grace a sadness with a certain debonair haze, a burning that only smolders, lingers in the air, 
a heaviness in the fold of your coat, the curl of your hair, and between your fingers. And finally, if you answer D, the first dive of summer, this is for you. You own a blow-up travel pillow. <laughs> you are outside Bend, Oregon, and nowhere near a rest stop. <laughs> Pull over and pee in a ditch instead. Indeed. Gusts from 65-mile-per-hour trucks ripple the steady stream. <laughs> Peace, arch, and a picnic at the National Park. You can't sleep, and you can't live either. Buckle up, buddy. Double yellow highway lines endless like the shiny black vinyl after the last song when no one picks up the needle. Asleep in your chair, asleep at the wheel. Who cares? Finally, you can dream, moon eye. We told you through the screen door about our bees and debts. Your all-pupil irises dilated like the ink stain of a teardrop. We could tell you were listening. We could tell you were going to come back later and kill us in our sleep. <laughs> Clouds. Please choose the best answer for each question. <laughs> One, how often do you think about clouds? A, rarely, never. B, at least once a month. C, at least once a day. D, stormy or beautiful days only. E, constantly. <laughs> Two, how often do clouds think about you? A, rarely or never. B, at least once a month. C, at least once a day. D, stormy or beautiful days only. E, constantly. Three, clouds are often... A, farsighted. B, good in coffee. C, on drugs. D, not good at school. E, excellent at track and field. Four, which image is most frequently spotted in clouds? A, looming medieval castle. B, pirate ship. C, face of God. D, gun dissolving into Cupid shooting bow and arrow. E, giant rat with terrible teeth. Five, where is the best cloud watching? A, Kansas airstrip. B, South Dakota field, wheat. C, side of Montana highway, pulled over by state trooper. D, foothills of Canadian Rockies, right outside Calgary. E, lying on the roof of your old high school. Six, if you touch a cloud in a dream, what does it feel like? A, grandmother's feather bed while jumping. B, soft cold, then snow wet. C, sifted powdered sugar falling on lap. D, bouncy trampoline or rubber tire. E, an apology. We have one last. Last one. Diddy. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is a collaboratively written poem from our chapbook, Desire and Flotation Devices. Rubber Canoe. Family trips down the rapids and antiquated terms only your father uses. 
river rafting. At summer camp, away from home and family, it wasn't quite fun yet. Seventh grade and ghost stories still kept you up, sweating in the top bunk. River, the poem you wrote a thousand times in your notebook. River, the boy with golden skin, golden hair, holding a newt between his teeth. <laughs> you always knew he was ugly. River rafting made fun and easy. River rafting, not so scary anymore. River rafting and other ways to dash yourself against the rocks. <laughs> River rafting, losing your virginity in, in a, a rubber, rubber canoe. canoe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Jack Straw Productions as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The 2007 curator of this program is Matt Briggs. Music performed by Jim Knodel for writer Pam Dion's residency in the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. Producer is Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are Mo Preventure and Tom Stiles. Arts Programs Manager is Van Deep. Narrator is Michelle Kazak. And Executive Director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, Poncho, the Mayor's Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, For Culture, King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you.